Hello, everybody. Welcome to 30 Talk. Uh, my name is Doug. My name is Brandon. That's Brandon. Singing Brandon, I call him. Uh, this is the podcast show dedicated to the NBC show 30 Rock. 30 Rock. Eventually, he's going to speak, but I think he's in a singing mood, so we'll just let Probably him keep singing. Probably not. Probably not. Okay. Uh, so we are here to discuss episode four of season one of 30 Rock. Uh, the episode is titled Jack the Writer. The original air date for this episode was November 1st, 2006. And this episode was written by uh, Tina Fey's partner in crime, Robert Carlock. Um, so uh, we are uh, discussing this episode on our fourth episode of the podcast. Um, and now it's time for our favorite segment, Brandon Reads, the IMDb Synopsis. Brandon reads the IMDb synopsis. Here it is right here. Jack joins the writing staff during the meeting as an observer. He joins the the group day after day and gets more and more involved in their work. The group gets annoyed by his weird, not-so-funny ideas and wants him to stop attending the meetings. It is up to Liz to tell Jack that he is no longer welcome at the meetings. After she does, Jack is more than just angry at her. Liz also has to deal with the with Sari and the way she dresses, uh, which distracts the male workers from their work. After Kenneth gets nachos, it doesn't. Oh my gosh! It just says after Kenneth gets nachos for him from Yankee Stadium, Tracy uses Kenneth for um, for other missions. Oh my gosh! So they did not uh, give us the subject first. No, not at of all. That uh, sentence. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. I feel like these IMDb uh, synops- synopses, synopses? I think so, sure. Are getting like worse and worse. And they're only yeah. in episode four. No, yeah, so it's getting weirder and weirder. Like less and less. Maybe it's a computer program that they've hired to generate like the content and it's, that computer program is just getting farther and farther from reality. The computer's like, I hate 30 Rock. This show this sucks. This show is the worst. Um, so the, the cold open is when we originally see, uh, Ceri's ridiculous outfits and, and <laughs> the synopsis mentioned that Liz has to deal with that. And we mentioned this in a previous show that, that Ceri plays this role of the, the young, um, kind of sexy, um, out of touch, completely crazy, uh, you know, young person on the show, uh, not only on 30 Rock, but even amongst the TGS crew, you know, and this is her first major storyline, I think, you know, mm-hmm. where she's kind of shown as wearing the, the most bizarre looking outfits in ways that are completely inappropriate <laughs> for a public work setting. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and so Liz has to handle that. And so that leads to all kinds of craziness um, in the episode. Um, and so I think the episode starts with Liz saying something about how they have to change uh, a certain joke about Donald Trump, but all the other writers, specifically the male writers are so focused on what Sari is doing and, and how she looks that they're not paying attention to Liz at all. And then when Liz finally sends Sari out of the room, Frank, unaware that Liz has already mentioned this says, we need to change this Donald She's, Trump joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny, right? Cause then the, the, you're, you're meeting Sari and. It's like first she's leaning over and you can just see all the cleavage yeah. and then and then this is like oh can you get that or like rearrange the, those books for on me the shelf and then or she, something yeah. yeah and then she reaches up to the shelf and it shows her her thong yeah. <laughs> and then immediately bends down to like find her shoe like yeah it's just there's so just like ridiculous. everything yeah. about her outfit is just not appropriate there's just for no way life. for her to be in the room and and be appropriate but what's funny about Sari though um that well not funny but interesting is she doesn't 
you know, she doesn't seem aware at all. Right. About that, that like what she's wearing would be offensive or maybe a little like inappropriate at work. Um, so much so that Liz addresses her, you know, later about it. And she, Sari just literally has no idea what she's saying. Right. Right. Um, which is, I, I think, could be different than, so, you know, sometimes females do it for attention or whatever. Not always. That's yeah. not the. That's not always the case by any means. Um, yeah. No, I I see what you're saying because I don't I don't know what um, what it, it would take for Sari to get to a point where like this is an inappropriate outfit or this is something that that I shouldn't wear because what what she is wearing that she doesn't find a problem with is is so outlandish and so ridiculous that it yeah. just proves what you're saying. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't even I don't even know where to go with that. I just noticed her outfit so so often. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which we can sort of get get back to as right. you Yeah, cuz it's a running storyline throughout. Explain the storyline to <laughs> us. Explain like we're five. That's a Reddit subreddit. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. I don't know anything about Reddit. Um, okay, well, one of my favorite moments in the show, it's immediately after the opening credits. It cuts to Tracy in, in the hallway of 30 Rock, and he is taking slices of bologna meat and throwing them against the wall to see if they stick. And I don't know that I ever caught that before, but you see him kind of like looking around, and then you see on the wall in front of him there are two slices of bologna just like dangling off the wall. And I think that is so goofy and so funny. Well, and he throughout the episode gives us some amazing amazing tidbits uh, of knowledge yeah well definitely knowledge yeah um wisdom i mean we can just call it what it is it's it's absolute wisdom you know what doug we missed uh, a segment but i don't think we added to the segment last episode oh yeah um the tracy jordan t-shirt counter oh yeah yeah well i guess i I don't think he took off his shirt i don't think he did in that episode or in this episode we forgot to update it yeah no i don't think he does i think it slows a little bit he definitely comes back to it because oh, he does it he, many I more mean, times. I mean, he does it all many, throughout, many for sure. Times. But do but you think that you're 80, what was it, 80? 80. I don't think we'll hit that. I think that feels a little high. So you're getting worried now? I'm getting worried. I'm getting nervous. We had two. What did we bet, $1,000 on that? I don't think we bet anything. <laughs> I really hope we didn't bet anything because no, you made me take right. the under. <laughs> um, but what the the first knowledge, wisdom. First piece of wisdom, yes. The first wisdom piece of wisdom that he gives us is live every week like it's shark week. Like it's shark week, absolutely. Which is just, I mean, because he, he really, he takes Kenneth, looks him, you know, dead in the eyes, is going to give him some great knowledge, mm-hmm. some great advice. And then it's, it's that, which is like. Which is a, a reference to the Discovery Channel series Shark Week, of course, which now, we need to say, in 2006, was awesome. This was before the Megalodon fiasco, and we found out how fake Shark Week actually is. So I think what Tracy is saying to Kenneth is, live every week like it's Shark Week, subtext, when Shark Week was awesome. So, like, get excited all so, the like, time. So, like, get excited all the time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So. Well, his second piece of advice is dress every day like you're going to get murdered in those clothes. Which I love. I think that's awesome. Dress every day like you're going to get murdered in those clothes. <laughs> I feel like I forget that every time because I feel like that live every week like it's Shark Week is yeah. the one that always sticks in my mind right. and I'm I'm always thinking about that. Yeah. And then, you know, you'll see something on uh, National, like if you see something on National Geographic or Blue Planet or right. Planet Earth, as soon as I see a shark, I think about it. Like yeah. that's the yep. live it's every week like a Shark Week. But, but the second one, not as much. <laughs> just just every day right. like you're going to get murdered in those clothes is just as amazing. Yeah, no, you're right. I that's the you. first bit of advice. Yep. 
That's true. Um, yeah, and he says that to Kenneth uh, later in the show um, uh, after Kenneth has had some time to sit with the the, the Shark Week advice, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think that's after... Well, why don't you just go ahead and go through the, the episode really quick okay, and we yeah. can sort of talk about some of those so, other things that come into play. So so Ken- Kenneth and Tracy, their relationship, which becomes a major, major factor of the show later on in the series, their their dynamic begins to take shape in this in this episode when... Kenneth begins to let Tracy know that, you know, he wants to be there for him and he wants to uh, provide services for him and, and really be, you know, uh, a glorified errand boy, basically, <laughs> uh, for Tracy. And Tracy says to Kenneth, Kenneth, I want you to know this is this is going to be a two-way street, you know, because I don't believe in one-way streets, not between people and not when I'm driving. <laughs> um, and it actually is a one-way street because... <laughs> Tracy virtually never does anything for Kenneth the whole series. I got a lot on my plate. I got a lot on my plate right now. Um, but um, but so I think his first assignment to Kenneth is that he wants nachos from Yankee Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, during the air date of this episode, it would not have been baseball season. So no. Yankee Stadium is probably closed and Kenneth arrives there and, and it is closed. So he has to climb a fence, um, which leads to one of my favorite parts of the show. You get a... Uh, a, a glimpse into the simplicity uh, that is Kenneth Ellen Parcell. Uh, Kenneth is climbing the fence to break into Yankee Stadium, which, by the way, if they're closed, they're not going to have nachos. Can we just say yeah, that? Yeah, like, like, there's not going to be the This the is not going to be a successful, right, exactly. Um, so Kenneth climbs in his tie, his NBC page tie, gets stuck on the fence, and he's trying to get it off, trying to get it off, and he can't. And he turns, and there's a rat, which is funny on multiple levels because New York City has a rat problem. Um, he, there's a rat sitting there, and he, Kenneth says to the rat, go get help, girl, <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, you know, just a glimpse into the backwoods lack of education that uh, Kenneth has, you know, and we learn a lot more about Kenneth's background and the different types of animals that he has relationships with um, definitely in his past. Um, But this is the first one where you get an idea that Kenneth um, like rest of the rest of the characters on the show might not be all there. Um. (laughs) Well, and it, I I think it's funny because they don't really come back to that. No, it's true. But then later on he's gotten the nachos. Yep. Like he has successfully gotten the nachos nachos and down from the fence. Yep. So, so did so maybe the rat got help. Did the rat get help? Yeah, could have been. Who knows? Who knows? Um, um, okay, so now it's time for a segment, one of our favorite segments, called "What in the World Does Frank Rossitano's Hat Say?" What in the world does Frank's hat say? That was good. Uh, that might be one of my favorites. Um, so I have, again, three hats for Frank this episode. Do you have three? Well. Maybe four? Three conditional, I guess. Three conditional. But go ahead. Okay. So I have Ninja Expert. Mm-hmm. I have Arcade Champ. And okay. then I have Bigfoot Expert. I wrote Arcade Camp. <laughs> I think it's Champ. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> Champ, but it could be Camp. I mean, I guess it works either way. It does work or not work either way. <laughs> Well, both okay. make sense and both make no sense. Well, so, so I'm guessing if you picked a, if you had all three of them, then you know that after that, so it's supposed to be three different days or yes. four different days. But then on the fourth day, they've but gone cycles, back Ninja to Expert. to the beginning, and they're yes. all wearing the same clothes. Yeah. So it's like a 
continuity error maybe yeah maybe probably. they should have started there and just kept it you know a shooting error yeah like when they shot the episode yeah 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 yeah. i think you're right which was in, i just i thought that was interesting yeah that it was and then it stays ninja ninja expert the rest of the for the remainder yeah yeah, of yeah. The episode. yeah so it was like day one day two day three and then go back to day, day one, one and again yeah 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 <laughs> Well, and I wonder if it's because they were doing that montage of Jack coming in day after day after day. Yeah. Where they did, you know, wardrobe changes right then and shot it right yep. then. Yeah. And so they wanted to make sure that they got, gave, gave the feel of it being separate days and then yeah. just forgot when they went back to the to, other Yeah, one. to the, when they had continued on or whatever. Right, right. Well, and that, um, the, the, I noticed too, the, the opening, the song, the theme song was actually a different arrangement. Really? It sounded... Totally oh, I didn't different notice than, that. It was like they, it wasn't nearly as full, it seemed okay. like. Okay. Um, and maybe I'm totally wrong, but it seemed like it was a, a, a totally different arrangement. Interesting. I yeah, I didn't notice that. We'll have to check twice. that out. Um, um, the, the whole Tracy and Kenneth thing is kind of the B storyline. I mean, K- Kenneth's presence is, is missed around the office, but, but the main thing is, is Jack trying to sit in on the writer's room. So it begins with him explaining to the writers that, you know, it's part of the GE leadership is to you know, observe and be involved in every aspect of the, the, the business. He mentions the Six Sigma, you know, um, uh, of the GE corporation, but, but, uh, you know, as it progresses, Jack begins to get more and more involved, eventually vetoing jokes. Uh, he tells Frank at one point that you can't say that about Jeb Bush cause he's a personal friend of mine. Yeah. Um, make it about Barbara Streisand instead. <laughs> um, he, uh, it just gets more and more involved. He asks them if they can do uh, the cartoon strip Dilbert because he thinks it's really yeah. funny. And that's that's it. Just, that's it. Just, just do Dilbert. that. Just can we do that? Can we do Dilbert? Can we do Dilbert? Um, and and it gets to a, a boiling point where they they realize that they're so stifled by his presence or or rather his authority in the room that they're not actually getting any work done. And Frank says, the best thing you've written all week is some draft of beat, beat, ribby, ribby. Yep. <laughs> and then it shows Tracy on stage rehearsing and he's acting like a robot going beat, beat, ribby, ribby. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't, I? it's just somebody spent time like writing this thinking of beep, that. Beep, beep, ribby, ribby, ribby. ribby. Yep. And true. are letting him like. That's what he's going to do. Like, we have not gotten anything else with Jack. He is that bad. Yeah, there's nothing else we can use except for beep, beep, ribby, ribby. Um, so, eventually, that leads to a major conflict between Jack and Liz, um, where she approaches him and basically lets him know that his presence is <laughs> no longer welcome in the writer's room, which is difficult to say to your boss, you know, um, but she has to do it for the sake of the show. She has to do it so that her writers can actually write and uh get something done so um so eventually jack agrees you know but you can tell that he is not okay with it because he sends his assistant jonathan to approach liz and jonathan basically says you need to apologize to jack um and yes this is his idea but when you go to apologize you have to make it seem like it was your idea and liz even says to jonathan but but he sent you here to talk to me Exactly. Jonathan says, exactly. You know, so which I think is interesting in terms of the character Jack Donaghy, because we Mm -hmm. really get a glimpse into his insecurity for the very first time. You know, to this point, he's been the boss. He's been the authority. He's been the guy that has it all together. The ultimate answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at this point, you get to see that 
Jack, you know, when Liz goes back up to his office to apologize, Jack says to her, you know, no one likes to hear that they're not liked, you know, and Liz has to kind of coddle him and reassure him that, that he is like, and Jack even says to her, do you like me? She goes, yes, I like you, Jack, <laughs> you know, but I think it's interesting that you see this character, he's maybe not as together as we think or as he seems to put on and later on especially when you meet jack's mother you see the depths of his insecurity and the oh, depths yeah. of his issues yeah. but this is really the first time where you know the balloon is kind of popped per se to, to to say that jack is not this perfect uh authority have it all together person that that up to this episode he had previously been yeah and that and and it you know sort of flips that whole dynamic of like he's normally he is the boss mm-hmm and is interjecting into Liz's relationship. Yeah. And, or, well, not Liz's relationship, but Liz's life. Her and, personal life, yeah. Yeah. And is just sort of constantly coming in. And and even in the episode, it just sort of suddenly flips to, now he's the one who's just sort of sad and she has to like, right. you know, pick him up and do all this stuff. Like, yeah. you, like you were saying, yeah. that it's just a, a, a role rever- reversal, which is um, kind of interesting with the character of Jack Donaghy and, and the... Uh, totally un- ill-equipped Liz Lemon. Yeah, totally. Um, to to handle that that sort of thing. Yeah, agreed, man. I, I agree. I think that that's right on. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is when Liz finally approaches Suri about her outfits and asks her to start dressing more appropriately and and to wear a bra and to actually, you know, wear clothes that oh, no, are they just they just stay there. <laughs> to wear, to wear clothes that are fitting for a grown-up work environment. Um Sari mentioned something about Liz. You know, she says, like, like for instance, how did you dress before you got married? You know? Yeah. And Liz says, I'm not married. She goes, oh, really? For some reason, I thought you had, like, three kids. And this is the first of many times that Sari, for some reason, thinks that Liz is married or divorced twice or has mm-hmm. five kids or, you know. She goes, sometimes there's always, like, food on your yeah. clothes. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, you know, I see food stains, and I just assumed it was kids. Yeah, and Liz is like, all right, thank you, never mind. And she just walks away. So, but that And that, you know, refers back to, to Liz and her food. Ness, yeah, foodness, yeah, foodness. Um, you know, she she really doesn't have it together. Loves food, but does not have it together. Does not have her (laughs) life together so much so that she's coming to work giving somebody like a talk about how to dress in an in an adult professional environment. Yeah, and yet is coming to work as the food stains on her clothes (laughs) is like this. Wait, what? Yeah, hold on. (laughs) Let's take a step back and reevaluate what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so eventually so she and Sari go into the dressing room and she makes Sari put on something more appropriate. And Sari says, yeah, I can make this hot, you know? Well, then Sari says, I'll, I'll only agree to wear this if I can dress you. And so we see Liz in the next shot and the, the music comes on. Uh, who's that lady? And she's strutting down the hallway. Um, <laughs> she is wearing a shirt that says Dirty Diva uh, with like high boots. One sleeve is completely missing. Uh, and the writers just give her an absolute well, and hard she, time. She f- it looks like or seems like she feels really good about herself. Yeah. Like she feels she's cute. Strutting. She she's feels hot or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And walks in and they go, oh, <laughs> why do you look like that? And Frank says, I just threw up my mouth a little bit. <laughs> it's so, Okay, well, then this actually leads to a good question. Yeah. Okay, so disclaimer, I am married, and so is Doug. Married. Nobody is anything. Yeah. Whatever comes next. The question is... This is, question is making me I, nervous. I, I, oh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like that. <laughs> um, Tina Fey 
has been for whatever reason one of those people that i've like my celebrity crush yeah and she's way older than i am Mm -hmm. (laughs) definitely definitely but for whatever reason she's been a celebrity crush and and within the show she kind of goes back and forth of like you know in one episode she is just absolutely stunning and and there's is not anything like overly sexual or anything no yeah but um you know but in, in the way that she dresses or acts or anything right especially not acts right um <laughs> but there's something about tina fey that is very attractive and i'm not sure i'm not sure why and i want to ask if somebody else feels that way do you yeah do i mean i have, definitely think she's pretty yeah. and I, I don't she well, and I think there are moments where, like, even in that one shot, like, she's supposed to be, like, this um, character that exudes, I don't know, like, she would be desirous, you know, and then everyone just reacts the opposite of that to her, you know? Um, and there are, there, are, there are moments on that, which I think speaks to her confidence as an individual, speaking about Tina Fey, yeah. because she is willing to not be the 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 sexy one or or you know in in a culture like hollywood where you know they even make jokes on the show about how there are no actresses for jobs or you know there are no jobs for actresses over the age of 40 you know yeah unless you're meryl streep um so i think tina fey exudes that confidence and be like i i don't need to be hot you know and we can make fun of my look or make fun of you know, I mean, her shoes, her glasses, her hair, you know, everything, uh, you know, in a show that she creates and runs, she, nothing is off limits to her, you know what I mean? And oh, so yeah. I think her comfortability or her comfortableness as what she is, she's not a sex symbol, you know, uh, is is funny. And, and obviously her sense of humor is great, you know, so I definitely think she is an attractive person and, and even in looks is, is very pretty. Yeah. But every time in this show, she's put up as some sexy symbol that just crashes and burns like quickly and hard. (laughs) Well, and if you like, if you really think about it, she looks ridiculous. Like the way that she's like, you know, her strut is great, but it's like this ridiculous blue, you know, dress with the shirt with one super long sleeve and one sleeve missing. That says dirty diva with her hair, like parted right down the middle kind of thing. No, yeah, it's It's like a, what is that? This can't be the thing that was chosen (laughs) by Sari. Right. To like, which, what is it? Uh, Sari comes in one day and she's wearing like a lumberjack shirt. Yeah, or it looks and like a dress. No, no, it's like a long shirt, and then she just takes it off. And, yeah, and uh, and Pete goes, and that, goes was that was a jacket. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's wearing yeah. like, because it looks like, oh, finally, Sari's wearing something normal and appropriate. It looks like an oversized lumberjack shirt, which doesn't look terrible on her. But then she unbuttons it, and it's it's like a jacket. She's apparently. not wearing anything. Yeah, barely anything. Yeah. Um, or when she when she says that uh, when Sari says that she's wearing, she's oh look, I'm wearing a bra, but her her whole dress is like completely fishnet and see-through yeah which is like if you weren't wearing a bra come on now which to me this whole thing it just shows like how crazy everyone at the show is and and liz has to battle and fight for some sense of sanity at this place you know and so part of her battle is with you know frank who wants to fart all the time and lutz who has all kinds of issues and then sari who never actually wears a piece of clothing the way it's intended to be worn, you know? And yeah. I think it's just another character on the show that it's like, Oh, she's going to have problems with Sari now too. You know what I mean? And it's all just showing like how Liz is trying to balance this insane work environment with, with no other logical human being on the entire staff. <laughs> oh, de- I mean, definitely. And yeah. how, and how things just keep falling through the the cracks with, um, I mean, 
specifically, I would say um, Kenneth and and uh, Tracy. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, um, he first gets nachos from Yankee Stadium. Second, yeah. gets an illegal lionfish. <laughs> Some type of illegal fish. Yeah, it, it, it looked like a lionfish. I think so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, Kenneth takes Tracy's wife out. Yep. And you get the third For the anniversary piece. date. Well, yeah, the anniversary date, but that's <laughs> when you get the third piece of um, advice, mm-hmm. which is be a good listener, give gifts, and work that vajayjay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to to so which is like... Tracy continues to drop wisdom on Kenneth. I, I, I think at least, you know, multiple times watching it, like, I didn't catch what he was talking about and maybe they meant to do it, but like, I didn't catch what he was talking about until all of a sudden you see Tracy's wife and you're like, Oh my gosh, no, right. <laughs> like, that cannot be what, you know, Tracy just gave, right. Um, to, you know, the, the advice, but, um, Tracy's wife is not yes. the same ever. Right. Again. Right. Casting decisions. So I wrote this down. We, we meet Tracy's wife, whose name is Angie and they keep that, that name. We meet Tracy's wife and she has a major role on the show. Uh, later in the series, but we meet her in this episode. Her name is Angie, and in this episode, she was played by an actress named Sharon Wilkins. Um, and so that casting decision was later changed, and Sheree Shepard or Sherry Shepard, I'm sorry, comes on to play um, Angie Jordan for for the remainder of the show. And I think this is the only episode with Tracy's wife where it's not played by Sherry Shepard. So I think the yeah. next time we see Angie Jordan, it's it's played by Sherry Shepard, and then she maintains that role for the remainder of the series. Yeah, and I don't think you see Tracy's wife a lot until no. later on. Right. Yeah, the last couple of seasons she shows up more often, but Well, um I did I didn't want to gloss over this. I forgot about in the interest of, of poking fun at um at Tina Fey, at yeah. Liz Lemon. Yeah. Um after Jack asks Liz um if he likes if she likes him, then um you know, she says, yeah, I like you, Jack, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And he goes, I like you, too. I like your eyes. They're like shark's eyes. <laughs> you know, like, they're like they're dark like, and black. Yeah, they're like something. black, like shark's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> they're fierce or whatever. You're like, she says, thank you. <laughs> Just says, you look terrible. Like, yeah, they're never. Is there? Oh, I guess so far there has not been a comment, a good comment um, to the way that Liz Lemon looks. No, no, maybe not. Well, and and she's later seen just like stuffing her face with pizza, and Jack tells her to go yeah. easy. <laughs> well, to go easy on the pizza after yeah. he's just yelled at her for eating like peasant food. And yeah. So I think I think it's it's when she's in his office that he basically says to her that he wants them to have like a friendly relationship. Yeah, friendly. You know, because she has just friendly. Um, she has asked him not to come to the writers' room, and so there was this potential turmoil. And so he asks her, you know, if they can have a friendly relationship, and so. Then later, she uh, is eating r- pizza with the writers, and they want to go out onto the flower gardens on the roof of Thirty Rock. And so she's like, "Well, I'll go ask Jack because we're, you know, we're buddies now." And so she approaches Jack while he's giving a tour to two other GE executives from Fair- Fairfield, Connecticut, and she like punches him on the arm, and she's being all buddy buddy with him, and she's like, "This guy's the best. He got me chameleonaire tickets, you know." Like she's all stoked about her new friendly relationship with Jack, and. Um, that you can tell the GE guys are like, 
you know, why would you let a subordinate speak to you like this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so then Jack just goes off on Liz and yells at her, says something about her thin lips. Like he just goes nuts on her, um, yells at her when she thought they were supposed to be friendly. Um, so then when the guys go around the corner, Jack says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, she goes, I thought you wanted to be friends. And he goes, no, no, I said, I wanted us to be friendly. Yeah. <laughs> And she says, well, I don't like you anymore. And he goes, I don't believe you. <laughs> well, <laughs> did you, this may have gone totally unnoticed. Did you hear in the background? Um, I don't remember where they were. I mean, they're, they're on the set, obviously. Okay. Yeah. And in the background, every once in a while throughout the show, you hear somebody on the intercom being paged for something. For different sketches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so on this one, it was... Um, Josh to the stage, please, for homophobic gays. For homophobic gays. Yep, I remember that one. But it's just like, it's so quiet. <laughs> it's like, so it's quiet. not it's yeah. not loud. It's not in the forefront. It's well, just and we didn't mention this in the last show, but but in the in the blind date, in the last episode where Liz is set up on a, a blind date with Jack's le- lesbian friend, there's a scene where Liz is choking in her apartment. Yeah. And what the she's watching TV, and you don't even see the TV, I don't think, but you hear it in the background, and you hear someone say, go with your gut, right before she dives on a chair in order to let herself spit the, um, spit the whatever she's choking on out of her mouth. it's a TV dinner. Yeah, it's a TV dinner, whatever it is. Um, but, but they do that a lot. They do these subtle, very quiet, you know, almost unnoticeable jokes that if you're really listening and really paying attention... Uh, you can catch, and they do the same thing on Arrested Development, which is another favorite show of ours. But, but I I, I did notice that there was another one they mentioned. It was something about who wants to be a millionaire or something like that. But it was the same type of call to the stage. You know, J- uh, Tracy, set yourself for you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Beep beep ribby ribby. Beep beep ribby ribby. Um. I don't think I have anything else. No. Yeah. So I think I think we mentioned the 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 final scene is the the confrontation between Jack and Liz where he kind of yells at her and yeah. you know. So so we get to see that you know the progression of this relationship and and having to understand the dynamics of you know <laughs> when Jack's around his GE buddies, you can't be punching him on the arm and calling him your buddy and pal. You know he's still your boss, but yeah. but Jack does have a, a legitimate and real desire to have a friendly working relationship with Liz, his employee. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's sort of a quick thing. It didn't do a lot for me. Right. I no, guess. Yeah, that's true. But I okay. get what you're saying. Yeah. That makes, I mean, it makes sense. Yep. Um, but again, Jenna, not in this episode. That's two episodes in a row. Jenna gate 2015 continues. Where did she go? Nobody knows. Jenna gate 2015. 2015. Oh, he wasn't done. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, with that, I think we'll wrap it. This yep. has been 30 Talk. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, at 30 Talk Podcast, and we're uh, on email if you want to send us an email that we'll probably never respond to. I, I'm not responding to it. I refuse. It's a, it's a, it's a principal matter at Please this point. Please send to it. We would yeah, like we for you to send to it. we definitely want to read it. But we're not going to respond. Well, I shouldn't even say we want to read it. We want to get it. Yeah. Like, I want to go in there and see, like, 30,000 emails right. and just go, oh, those peasants. I well, don't know if I want to do that. Just to remind ourselves that we're too busy to read fan mail. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, at this point. Fan mail that we don't get. Fan mail that we're not actually currently receiving. <laughs> but if it comes. There's nobody following us on Twitter. There's mm-hmm. nobody who sent us email, and I don't want them to. 
and 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 I don't think we have any listeners to the podcast yet either. I don't think so. <laughs> we are gonna keep doing this. We'll be back next week with episode five, uh, which is called Jack Tor, Jack the Actor. It's a combination of those two words. Spoiler alert. Um, so we'll I'm be back so excited. with episode five next week. Thank you guys for listening at Thirty Talk Podcast on Twitter. At uh, not at thirty talk podcast at gmail.com if you want messages to go unread in our email inbox. I'm Doug. I'm Brandon. We will see you guys next time. Okay. Good. Uh, good. Good show. Uh, good goodbye. Show. Goodbye. Goodbye. goodbye.